0: when we say kinis, what we're attempting to do is to mourn for the Beis HaMikdash. What's the point of mourning, ever? The the point of, of mourning is to treasure what we've lost, to appreciate it, and to never forget it. We try to hold on to the person we knew, the person we loved, and when we mourn a, a loved one, or a relative, where we try to utilize the period of mourning to solidify in our minds who that person was. We try to create a picture, something that we can hold on to, something that we can, some piece of that person that we can still have in our hearts as we continue on without that person. And often people will try to do something to continue the memory of the person who passed away they'll try to take on a quality that that person might have had an ideal that that person lived for uh, something he held dear and it's a way of holding on to the life of the person that passed away and, and maintaining a connection if you know he had something that really meant a lot to him and something he was meister nefesh something uh, she was meister nefesh for so we try to, pro- to continue that so as to keep that person's memory or that person's life's work alive when we mourn for the Beis HaMikdash, it becomes more and more difficult to mourn in the traditional sense, to cry the way people of previous generations would cry. But for us, though, we can definitely mourn the Beis HaMikdash in this fashion. When, when a generation passes away, we can see very clearly what passes away with them. We see the older generation, or our our parents, our grandparents, when they go, we see the ideals that they had, the morals they held strong, the strengths that they had, the concepts that were so pasha to them and somehow now come into question. And we look at them and we see that they really felt Yiddishkeit, they really understood it. They davened and they davened from their heart and they, they, they connected to aspects of Yiddishkeit that we, we, we saw it, and we now see it slowly disappearing. The values of honesty, compassion, integrity, every person ampl- exemplifies some of these qualities, and when that person passes away, we see with our own eyes how the whole generation is different. We see how we are different, and then we see with the following generation, with our children and their, our children's generation, how they're different as well. And that steady progression of how these values, these things that we all understand how important they are, how they're becoming forgotten, is all a steady continuation of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. When we mourn for the Beis HaMikdash, it's for the values and the strength that we're slowly losing. The Beis HaMikdash was our connection to HaKadosh Baruch It was a place where the Shekhinah lived. It was a place where there was, uh, the Shekhinah was living and breathing. We could see it living and breathing, and with the destruction of the of Hamikdash, a lot that growth, that potential for growth, that potential to connect Hakadosh Baruch Hu was lost, and little by little, we're losing the that power that gave us that ability. It gave us to grow. That ability it gave us to connect Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And when we mourn for it, and we recognize it, and we see how things are disappearing, how things are diminishing, what we actually are doing are strengthening it. We're actually appreciating those values and trying to hold on to them, trying to continue them. By doing that, we're we're rebuilding, so to speak, some of the Besamikdash. We're holding on to the Besamikdash, not not allowing that another iota of it to get destroyed. And by doing that, and by demonstrating the importance in our eyes, we demonstrate the importance to ourselves and to our children and to the next generation. <clears throat> Tzadikim and even simple people lived their life with a full amunah that you know, we can only think about. The Chavetz Chaim, it's told, when we got older, it became difficult for him to sit, and his family got him a chair that had padding on it like all the chairs in our Pismedrish. Um And he said, and it also had armrests, and he said, how could I sit on such a you know, perfect chair when HaKadosh Baruch Hu sits on an incomplete chair? and kisses Shalom. So he, he lived with that Chilu HaShem. And also, the thing to understand is, is that when we talk about the Charbon of the Beis HaMikdash, and we talk about why it was destroyed, so we think, the way we understand the Gemara, is that it was destroyed due to sins to this particular averis, first base of mikdash was of Gil tzara gila Second base of mikdash was sinas chinam. But if you review, if you look into the sources that the Gemara brings, and you look the Gemaras that explain what was going on during the time of the harbin, you understand that the, it wasn't the particular sins that destroyed the base of mikdash. It was the the breakdown of values that destroyed the base of mikdash. When Chazal quote a Pasuk, they say the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because of Shafi Chazdamim, because of murder. And it brings a Pasuk that says, Manasha, the king Manasha, filled Yushalayim with blood from door to door. It makes it sound like that there was rampant bloodshed. There was murder of innocent people going, around, going on, and we can understand, okay, that kind of murder, that kind of bloodshed makes sense. It destroys the Beis HaMikdash, but the Gemara Sanhedrin says that it was just referring to the murder of one person, Ishaya Navi. That was the murder that, 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 that Menashe filled up Yerushalayim with blood from door to door was the, was the murder of Yerushalayim HaNavi. And, and what the Mefarshim over there in, in uh, Tanakh explained was that the murder of Ishaya HaNavi broke down the value the it cheapened human life. It, it caused the people stopped appreciating the Shivas of human life and that had an effect. And it had a continuing effect, the diminishing of respect for humanity. And when we look at the pasik, they bring for Gila Araias, the pasik that Chazal bring is a pasik, goes through a whole long pasik, what the B'nai's were doing, what people were doing, and essentially the pasik doesn't say anything about Gila Araias. All it talks about is a, a lack of sneeze, a lack of propriety when there were men around women, women around men. So it wasn't so much the sins that destroyed the Beis HaMikdash. But it was the breakdown of values. It was the, the, the loss of khashivus for human life, the loss of khashivus for tzniyas. And that's why it's so important for us when we mourn on the Beis HaMikdash, and we mourn on what we're, the destruction that we continue to see happening around us as things that were previously unspeakable have become unspeakable, things that were previously without a question now have come under question, things that you know, the, 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 our parents and our grandparents our obey, took us to Da Pasha how you davins, how you what how you lives their life have now become questionable. When we say "kinnis, it's important to understand the difference in word between kinnis and hespid. We're, we're familiar with the concept of hespid. We go to a, a levaya, they give a hespid, they talk about the person who passed away, they talk about their qualities, they try to help us remember and appreciate A kinna is not a hespid. Kinna is something different. A is lamentations. And part of the reason why it's so difficult for us to re- relate to kinnah is because it's something we never do. When do we ever lament anything? We sit down and lament something, we say, we, we just don't do that in our lives. So what is it that we're doing? What does kinnah actually mean? What does it mean to lament something? It has a few forms, the act of lamenting. One, the aspect of, of lamenting something is regret. Think of Chas v'Shalom, someone who was responsible for a terrible thing happening. He he was negligent driving a car, and and he caused an accident. He caused people to lose their health, lose their lives, Chas v'Shalom. And think of the overwhelming regret that person will have. The person will regret that he was negligent, regret that he even got into the car that day. He'll regret that he caused such a thing to happen. He'll be filled with, as long as he sees the destruction he caused, he'll be constantly filled with a sense of regret and sadness. And that's one aspect of lamenting. The aspect of lamenting is recognizing the, what had happened when a person feels the blame, when a person feels the responsibility. That regret is one form of lamenting. Another form of lamenting is when there is the sadness at a lost opportunity. When a parent passes away, a grandparent passes away, uh, or someone very special, someone special to the world, a Rebbe, and we, start, we feel a tremendous sense of regret that our children will never get to meet that person. Our children will never get to appreciate that person the way we do. Our person will never get to have a relationship with that person. They'll never get to see what how that person acted, how they lived their lives, what, 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 what the world meant to them. That's also a form of regret. That's a form of lamenting as well. So at the heart of, of all lamenting is taking responsibility, is the sense that realizing that we're partly to blame here. The Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because the Jews' values had decayed to a point where there was no growth anymore. And the Beis HaMikdash was, at that point, a liability. It was preventing Qay Yisrael from growing. They were were assuming, being that they had the Beis HaMikdash, that they were perfect, that they achieved perfection. Their Beis HaMikdash, they assumed, protected them from any retribution. So they weren't willing to change. Because of the, the Beis HaMikdash, it was impossible for them to continue surviving and, and and having a ruchaniestig survival, a spiritual survival, with the base of hamikdash had to be destroyed, and that growth that was expected from them, is expected from us as well, and every generation has a certain measure that our kodesh Hu expects from them, because baruch Hu understands us, he knows us, he knows our capabilities, he knows our potential, and he has a measure of growth that he expects us to take, and. At the point when the base HaMikdash won't be a liability for us, it'll be rebuilt. From at the point when we do reclaim these values, when we do strengthen ourselves to the point when we do we, we, we do rebuild ourselves, then the base HaMikdash will able be able to rebuild, be rebuilt as well. And if if not, that's a simon shows us that we haven't done our part. And that's say that and Any generation that the Beis Hamikdash uh, wasn't built in their time is considered that that was destroyed in our time, and that's the, the the aspect how we approach Kinnis. We approach Kinnis with that sense of blame, that sense of responsibility, that lamenting. That part of what's going on here, the decay that that we're witnessing, is partially because of us. <coughs> And we see throughout the Kinnis that the lines both implore HaKadosh Baruch to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash, remember aspects of the Beis HaMikdash, but also throughout the Kinnis, and we'll point this out, they point out our greatness. They point out the greatness Kal had throughout the generations. They point out the greatness in the Mitzrayim, in the and in the Midbar, and throughout the times when Kali lived in Eretz Yisrael and afterwards as well, the Batei Bate Medrash and the, the communities, the Torah that existed, and we point this all out to bring to our own attention that we have tremendous potential, we have tremendous ability, we have so much that we can grow and we can strive for and aspire to, and that is partially what we're doing when we're, we are lamenting and we're recognizing that we wish we would take these opportunities, we wish we would achieve our potential and grow to what we can truly grow to become. This year, we're going to continue with the kinahs. We'll do it a little differently than I've done in a previous year. I'm going to speak a little, just shortly before, between each kinna, um till about kinah Um just to take a line or two um, and explain what those lines mean. I feel that the part they're long and they're hard to understand, especially if we say them quickly. But I find myself that there's a line or two you can focus on and you can just you know, relate to that line, and there are specific specific lines in, in the kinnas which are you know definitely invoke more relo- emotion than others. So I try to pick out a line or two of each kinnah, and I'll, that's what I'll do. I'll try to explain those two lines, and then we'll we'll uh, continue on. So the first kinnah that we're about to say, kinnah vav. It says one of the one of the lines is asa v'nicham, ve'yikra the, Nam al-eila ani b'chiyah. says, Hashem destroyed the Besamekdash, Asa, v'nicham. But then Hashem relented. V'yikra l'b'chiyah. And he called out to the heavens to cry. He called out to all the malachim to cry along with him. But Nam And then he said, al Ela ani I'm crying for these tragedies, for these people. And this is a very powerful message that we have to start the kinnis with. And that's the message that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought the destruction, but he suffered through the destruction together with us. It was impossible to avoid, but nevertheless, Hashem was filled with regret that he had to do such a thing. He felt terrible, so to speak. He cried with us, and he suffered with us. And whenever we're saying, Kenneth, at no point are we looking at it that it's us against Hashem. It's Hashem punishing us, and we're, we're, we, 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 we have to relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a punisher. That's not, that is never the point. It's, we're always relating to HaKadosh Baruch as someone who's sitting on the floor with us, someone who's lamenting together with us, someone who's crying for the carbon together with us. Another passage we read, another line we say is, "Patsu maisei erya perisha bi'odeha. So it says that, the, it means that they, the, the invaders, the Romans or the, the, uh, the Babylonians, they spitefully, they asked and they exposed a, an illicit act that humiliated Chal and Chal spread its hands in shame. So th- this is referring to that when they opened up the Kedush they found the Kruvin, the Kruven were hugging each other, and the Kruven were a man and a, a woman, a boy and a girl, and they were hugging each other. And then they paraded them about saying, look, the Jews, you know, they always present themselves as being so holy and so so, so pure. And look, in their most holiest place, look what they have. They have a, a man and a woman hugging each other. They're worse than us. And in truth, the fact that the Kruven were facing each other and hugging was a tremendous demonstration of Hashem's love. Uh, as we took leave of the Shekhinah. it was at the, mom- the moment of departure, the moment when we knew we were going to leave each other for a long time, that you gave that final hug, you know, that final kiss, when you, you know you're, you know, someone that you love is going away and you're not going to see them again. So, this is something that, that uh, was actually a moment of great kedusha. But the nature of our suffering in Gallus is that the, the ga'im when they op- oppress us and when they torture us and when they they hate us, they accuse us as always, always of being guilty of the things that they themselves do. And, you know, the stories you read in the Holocaust of the, of the Nazis when they would butcher and they would punish and they would do horrible and unthinkable acts, they would continue to accuse Jews of being subhuman. They would accuse, accuse uh, Jews of being, of being terrible. And that was the hardest pill to swallow. The last line over here, it says, is tzach ami bimei ben dinai tzadiku Hashem that my nation screamed out during the days of Ben Dinai that Hashem is righteous. So who was this Ben Dinai? So it's not clear who Ben Dinai was. So according to some, he was a, actually a great tzaddik who possibly could have led Kali Yisrael to tshuva, but with his death, the Tsarists increased, and Kalisol recognized that their punishment is deserved, and they were doing um, Tzidikadin. They're, they're exclaiming Hashem is righteous. But according to others, the Bendina was one of the Bar Yainim. He was one of the Roshayim during the time of the destruction of the Second base of Mikdash, who refused to listen to what the Chachamim said, and continued to fight against the Romans instead of capitulating to their demands, and that ultimately caused a tremendous, uh, much greater destruction than would have happened otherwise. And here too, Klai Yisrael accepted when they saw what was going on, they couldn't control, they, they were mastic, as they admitting Hashem's righteousness uh, is the first step to changing ourselves and being honest with our fault and blame.